God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So, <clears throat> President uh, Biden, Biden, we'll just call him Creepy Joe Biden, is going to give a, uh, an, a pivot today. He's going to give some sort of a press conference, maybe the first one that he's given in ages. The uh, first press conference he's given in ages, uh, where I think he's given nine. This will be his ninth. At this time in President Trump's tenure, he was he gave 21. 21. More than double. So that was availability. That was accessibility to our leader. And, and uh, he's still our leader. He still gives great rallies. And we uh, witnessed that over the weekend. But... Um, you know, there's a lot of other things that are going on because I, I, you know, I just can't help but look at the crime spree. You know, this this absolute stunningly uh, stunning crime spree that we see. And it's because of melees and it's because of uh, despair. It's because of entitlement. I believe that this whole black crime thing is an extension of reparations. But without passing reparations in our Congress, we're a nation of lawlessness. And we embrace, well, the liberals, the liberals, the liberals are the ones. They had this visual in New York uh, for this woman who got shoved onto the subway cars um, by some crazy lunatic. And uh, and then out west, you know, you're you're hearing more and more about the news of this woman that was stabbed to death by a career criminal, and uh, and a lot of these smash and grabs are still happening, and people are saying, oh, look at the unemployment. People uh, uh, aren't. There's a lot of help wanted, but people aren't looking for jobs because they they uh, they're getting their government pay. 
and the government pay is competing with the private market and it's making it so it's not affordable for to hire those people you know the um stunning news is despite despite the low unemployment our gdp is really low and our labor participation is at its low it's at a low it's nowhere near what it was say i think it was prior to june 2020 like in 2000 at the end of 2019 if you look at those numbers prior to covid we set every record in the books and we broke every record because the president trump's economy was so great now you hear one failed estimate after another in terms of what we expect in terms of job numbers. It's always less. With Trump, it was always more. You got more. And Trump didn't even receive a paycheck. <laughs> How do you like that? You know, Greg Gutfeld is proving to be uh, probably now the number one show in uh, the number one show on Fox News. He's got the number one rating. And number one in late night talk show. Just goes to show you what kind of what kind of uh, interest the American public has in hearing messages that they can agree with or that they could they could buy into. And uh, let's take a listen to this monologue uh about the crime spree by Greg Gutfeld. Let's let's take a listen to what he has to say because I think he nails it. And sometimes the best way to make your point is through a little bit of humor. Let's take a listen. if you had any. Clap, you idiots! Clap like you've never clapped before! Happy Monday. Oh, it's a glorious Monday. What a joy. If you haven't been murdered yet by a nutbag, it's true, we have an epidemic of crazy people. What we used to call the criminally deranged. Or the Views audience. (laughs) But they're everywhere. On the streets, on the subway. One is sitting to my right. (laughs) But they're also in our city halls, our governments, in our district attorney's offices, from New York to Chicago to L.A. to Baltimore. And they're spreading faster than Omicron. It's not funny anymore. On Saturday morning, a maniac waited as a train entered the Times Square subway station before he happily pushed an Asian woman to her death. Michelle Elisa Goh, age 40, was murdered that morning. The killer stuck his tongue out at the police, like a third grader out the window of a school bus. The perfect metaphor for bail reform or any other garbage that passes as social justice reform. But if you dare ask, why was he out on the street? Well, you're probably racist. (laughs) Or worse, a Republican. (laughs) Meanwhile, this punk just murdered a teenager, allegedly, in a Bronx Burger King. It's his idea of having it his way under the new attorney general. Here he is shouting about reparations and slavery. Hell, he sounds like every Democrat member of Congress when they're on Twitter. 
And if you disagree with him, well, you're probably racist, too. Meanwhile, on the opposite coast, a UCLA grad student was fatally stabbed by, you guessed it, a deranged creep. Brianna Kupfer, age 24, was alone working when a man believed to be homeless knifed her to death. Why was he out on the streets with a knife? That's probably your fault because you just don't care enough. There's also Sandra Shells, a hardworking nurse who died after being attacked by a homeless man near the L.A. Union Station. He's probably just down on his luck. Then there's George Gascone, the city's woke DA, who says he doesn't want to send another deranged maniac, a 26-year-old transgender woman, to jail for sexually assaulting a 10-year-old girl over fears that the deviant will be attacked. Oh, yeah, God forbid a guard uses the wrong pronoun. Gascon recommends home confinement for the perv because they's trans. Cool, George. How does the guest bedroom in your house sound, you clown? But if you agree with me, I bet that makes you transphobic. I got to hand it to the deviant. They're grifting the grift, meaning they see how to exploit the woke insanity with the help of progressive lawyers. They are woke to the woke, if you will. By the way, can we stop calling these people woke? They're as woke as the statues they love to tear down. Meanwhile, those woke prosecutors may not be criminally deranged, but they're racking up impressive numbers that would make any Batman villain envious. The only thing that separates them from the psychos they're setting free is a trip to the men's warehouse and a thesaurus. The Joker has nothing on Larry Krasner. Under that fool, Philly has gone from a low of 248 murders in 2014 to 562 killings in 2020, a new all-time record. If only the Eagles offense could put up those kind of numbers yesterday, (laughs) like I watched the game. The victims of this violence are almost entirely non-whites living in the poorest parts of the city. But if you plead for solutions, you'd probably be called a racist because lots of those killers are also black. Hell, the KKK couldn't ask for a better solution. Do nothing. Meanwhile, Chicago, under Kim Fox, has seen more than 800 homicides in 2021. Levels not seen since the 80s crack, 90s crack epidemic. The good news, Fox has saved the city a few billion dollars by not prosecuting homicides. So you go, girl. And if you don't like what she's doing, well, then you're probably racist and misogynist. Of course, there's the hostage crisis at the synagogue in Texas where an anti-Semitic fiend took a rabbi, among others, hostage in order to free a terrorist. Initially, the FBI said this attack wasn't related to the Jewish community. Probably. They were waiting to pin it on a white supremacist. We have seen an incredible rise uh, in rhetoric that is anti-Semitic being trafficked all around the country because we were seeing an exponential rise in hate crimes and an exponential rise in the formation and the membership of these extremist organizations, many of which are white supremacy organizations. Way to jump the gun, you jackass. Of course, even mentioning the maniac's religion makes you Islamophobic, and we don't want to make the squad cry again. I just hope the hostage situation won't keep the Biden administration from going after those domestic terrorists attending school board meetings or voting rights acts. I will defend the right to vote, our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. Yes, domestic. What a great time to be alive if you're criminally deranged. Because you got us. You paralyzed our weak leaders with the fear of being smeared as racist or worse, a Republican, if they try to fix anything. So they now accept the idea that random crazies can murder innocent people. 
especially on the streets where homelessness is the go-to choice by unhinged people. And an unhinged person will likely commit unhinged activity. No one in power makes this connection. The person who chooses to live crazily is more likely to do crazy things. Fish swim in water, bears roam the woods, and the criminally deranged wander the streets punching Asian women. And thanks to progressive DAs, it'll happen again. Another student murdered, another Asian woman killed. And why is it always Asians? I'm thinking these street thugs aren't doing it in retaliation for the Wuhan lab leak. Now, when I was a kid, I saw movies like The Warriors, Death Wish, Sudden Impact. Gangs roamed and committed inexplicable violence. How quaint does that seem now? Because even in those movies, we at least admitted criminal behavior was evil. And it was the good cop against the evil criminals. The lines were clearly drawn. But in our world today, it's good cop versus criminals and also versus the corrupt justice system, which is scarier than all the Halloween movies combined. So that was an excellent uh, piece I think he put out. And, uh, you know, it's worth noting, too, that, you know, this is a failure of leadership, but it's a failure of black leadership. In every one of those cases he cited, it was a black criminal that was aggressively violent against somebody else. And a lot of these cases were black against white. You don't see the Republicans coming up and talking about racism or reverse discrimination or racism in any way, and they shouldn't. But leadership among black men who are committing these crimes, a leadership that shapes and helps shape the minds of these people. You know, it, I can't help but think of Big Bird de Blasio, Bill de Blasio, and his mayorship for eight years, and his wife, she headed up this thing called Thrive NYC. Thrive. They got a billion dollars over eight years. A billion dollars. And things are worse. They, and I don't think they spent the billion. I think they pocketed the billion. They made out like a bandit through that. And so it's just it's so much corruption to boot. You know, the money that's supposed to be going for COVID is getting redirected to the southern border to help facilitate illegal migration. You know, we saw that in the committee hearing about two weeks ago or less. But it's one of those things where the money's being redirected. It's our money. And it's being held in the dark. It's our money, and yet we can't know anything about the inside information about this epidemic or this pandemic that we find ourselves in because of the lack of leadership. And again, they're not that stupid. These people are in power and in charge because they're smart. No one's really saying that they're stupid as a whole. They're, they're stupid because they're choosing the life of crime. They're choosing the life of Tyrannical, tyrannical leadership. You know, I always said this about Bill Clinton when it came to Monica Lewinsky. Here's a, you know, a little bit overweight, self-confidence issues, Monica Lewinsky. And then there's Bill Clinton, married to Hillary Clinton. And the President of the United States in his 50s at the time 
and saw a victim and didn't see somebody he could mentor. He could have changed her life and made that person better. But instead, he exploited an opportunity and took advantage of a young girl. And I just think, what in the world has happened to our leadership? It's sad. And we have to do better. You know, this, there's, there, there's, there's so much opportunity to do better. But people need to listen. And I think that the radical left, you know, they're so busy tearing down religion to make way for government. They're so busy tearing down statues to try to erase our history. And the history that they want to erase is the history they themselves created because all the, the, the segregationists and racists from the past happened to belong to the Democrat Party. And yet these Democrats, who never want to debate with you because they could never come to the conclusions that they come to, you know, they have these altruistic goals spending other people's money. And I, like I say, I love it when Shapiro and, and Dinesh D'Souza go to these campuses and talk to these radical left, you know, smart people, highly educated smart people, grad students and, and professors alike, and they come up with these cockamamie stupid ideas. Now, that doesn't mean they're stupid people. But they come with these stupid ideas and they can't sell them. They can't argue the points. It's so obvious that a man with common sense has more brains than these intellects that get these degrees wrapped around their neck. All they're doing is jumping through hoops and getting constant approval by people that have like-minded small brains. The idea that they think that they could spend somebody else's money is nothing to them. But they never lead. They just coerce. And that seems to be what's happening now, you know, in our in our government. And what we're going to see is Joe Biden trying to appeal to the middle class today. And he's destroyed the middle class. It's a discredit and a disservice and it's also a disrespect to the middle class to think that words are going to snow words are going to change the minds of these middle class people that are suffering in America today it's an insult because at the end of the speech their pockets are still going to be empty they're still going to be having to put that stupid mask on that doesn't work the whole kit and caboodle you know it's just sad you know I I can't help but think I have this good buddy of mine he's a radical liberal owns a big house in northern New Jersey and uh, super wealthy he's a ski buddy of mine and uh, we used to debate and debate and debate in the political season leading up to the 2020 election and he was one of the liberals that would actually have an honest discussion. And he would draw up these conclusions that were so ridiculous. But I said, so tell me. I said, tell me, why in the world, why 
do you think Joe Biden is the answer? Why? Give me give me an answer because I think he's full of crap. Tell me why. And you know what he said? He said, because I think he can unite the country better than Trump. And now we look and see what a failed decision that was. Calling everybody that doesn't agree with you racist or blaming the pandemic on the unvaccinated and opening the borders and lying to the American people about what you're trying to do. Failing on purpose. Hiding the fact that the COVID was a concerted effort with China to create a bioweapon. And China stabbed us in the back. You look at the harmony between Ukraine and Russia right now. Russia was in a box. But ever since Biden showed up on the scene, now they got a pipeline called Nord Stream 2 going into Germany, compromising NATO's strength and leverage. And they're about to invade Ukraine with their tanks and their bombs. And this world is not as safe as it once was under the leadership of Donald Trump. Little Rocket Man is testing his missiles. He wasn't under Trump. Putin was sitting in his office, not pulling any triggers because of Donald Trump. He knew. Well, actually, in a lot of cases... With Putin, I, I think he didn't know what Trump was willing and capable and uh, to do in the in the wake in the face of uh, aggression, overt aggression from Putin. But Putin knows he's got Biden by the uh, leverage, by the extortion for all the things that Hunter has done and all the shenanigans that were pulled in Ukraine and Lindsey Graham is going to go along with it because Lindsey Graham is just as corrupt and just as corrupt and Amy Klobuchar and all these people that would hobnob with uh, Poroshenko back in the day doing black market weapons deals in Ukraine and black market deals with ISIS and with Syria in Syria. There was a lot of money being passed around. And again, I always say these four currencies, human trafficking, drugs, oil, and weapons. Those are the four currencies on the black market. And all of them are highly traded. And it's sad. I was wondering what your thoughts well, were with the 200 this plus This is another doctors. clip that we're going to be playing. I, I apologize for that. This, uh, I was wondering. Uh, this is. Um, <clears throat> it seems like it doesn't want to stop. <laughs> here's here's the thing about the COVID thing. This is another reason why I think they're they're actually trying to kill us with with losing on purpose to COVID. Like I said all week, and it's been my uh, theme for the week, is losing to ISIS on purpose, losing the open border on purpose. There's a scheme here. They're intentionally doing it. 
And like I say, they're not as stupid as we make them out to be. They're not. They're sinister. They're evil. And there's a lot of um, rhetoric going on in the European Parliament right now and members of Parliament talking about all these globalists and their tyrannical behavior and their control. And they all want to try to like throw good money after bad to help the starving. They never want to fix the problem because they know that that money train gets skivved, gets uh, shaved off, you know, basically gets filtered down and a lot of pockets get, get rich. A lot of people get rich off of these aid programs that find their way around the world, USA to Africa, you know, boondoggle, slush funds of money, skids of cash. They never want these programs to stop. But the people that are fueling and financing this are the people that are working every day, wondering why the pothole in their street doesn't get filled. Because there's no money in the budget. Yet, they're paying billions and billions of dollars, if not trillions, around the world. And all these fat cats in their Rolls Royces and their red carpet and their five-star treatment at the UN and elsewhere, Davos, the World Economic Forum, and all these other places in between, these globalists at Bilderberg, the Nuremberg, all in power. And what we have is we have Joe... Worker Joe USA paying his taxes and doesn't have a clue as to where his money's going. But we're not getting a return on investment. And we need to start looking at these uh, politicians like we look at a widget we buy on Amazon. Is it a return on investment? Are we getting our money's worth? We need to get a bargain sale. We need to get more for less. And we need to start shopping for politicians like we shop for linens or for cars or for for anything. We need to start investigating and looking under the price tag, reading the fine print. And we need to do better when we elect, elect, elect our elected officials. And we need to look as, as with great intrigue to the fraud and what our state legislatures are doing. Anywhere there's a conservative state legislature, they should not have ballot harvesting. And it should be up to the liberals to take them to court every step of the way. They should not give an inch with regard to ballot harvesting or mail-in balloting uh, limitations or restrictions. I think we shouldn't even have mail-in balloting. It should be back in the old days, the way it was in the uh, 70s and 80s. Absentee ballot was reserved for people who were studying abroad or military folks or people who truly were ambulatory or non-ambulatory and stuck at home. You know, the sick and the ill or the uh, disabled. So we have our health and human services. Somebody brought it up and said, 
Where's Javier Becerra? Where's our health and human services guy? He's as radical left. We know him from California. If you listen to Paul Preston's show over the last years, you would hear all you need to hear about Javier Becerra. But we're not getting, we need personnel changes. And we need to start demanding it. <clears throat> and maybe these type, type of things will be starting uh, once this administration pivots toward the center like they promised. Because they've given up. They've lost. They've lost. They didn't get Build Back Better. They didn't get their voting rights uh, legislation that was all about voting uh Voting, uh, cheating, cheating, and voting was all you know. They're, when they, what they call voting rights is all about rigging elections. And Build Back Better is a socialist dream. And they didn't get those. They didn't get the filibuster, even though they flip flopped on every issue. They didn't get what they said that what they were trying to get. And now, when we take things back in the House and the Senate in twenty twenty two in November. They're not going to get anywhere. We're going to block everything and we're going to have investigations and we're going to find some justice, hopefully. But at the, at the end of the day, this is the staging ground and the setup for the heir apparent, which will be Trump 2.0. And this time, I guarantee you, Trump gets in the office. It's going to be take no prisoners. You watch. But this pandemic, we got to get a we got to get on this because this isn't about the pandemic. This is about social credit scores and banks not giving you mortgages based on your political beliefs. This is about censorship. This is about control of people. This is about taxing you because you're not vaccinated. They're talking about that. I think in Canada they're already doing it. They're going to tax the unvaccinated. These using these corporations to create vaccine mandates. You can't walk into the establishment unless you show your papers. Yet there's no proof whatsoever that the vaccines work. In fact, there's more proof now, in my opinion, that these vaccines are actually the super spreaders and not the unvaccinated. And why is it that they're trying to cut down on the therapeutics and the things that save lives like hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies. Why? And every step of the way, they would try to say it's a horse tranquilizer, dewormer, uh, doesn't work. Uh, this person, one person took an aquarium product of hydroxychloroquine. They made big, huge news out of it. If you post anything of an alternative medicine on social media, you're censored, you're banned for forever. If you say anything about COVID that contradicts Fauci, you're, you're, you're a goner. Why are they censoring? Why are they controlling? <clears throat> and why is big tech, why does big tech seem to be so interested in protecting the government? Because they're part of the government. They're the metadata group that's providing information about you to the government. They're doing the government's dirty work. And the corporations are going to get that slave labor imports through the open borders and through the refugee mishaps from the chaos we create in Afghanistan and Syria. So the corporations at home are going to benefit. And then there's going to be these open channels of supply chains from China. 
and their slave markets and free access to that. And the person who suffers the most is going to be the person that can't compete, and that's going to be Main Street USA. That's going to be the mom-and-pop hardware store down the, down the street. We're going to close our doors after 35 years. After 50 years in business, they have to close their doors. It's happening across America because of this globalism, this access to slave labor markets. And just like the owner of the Warriors said, so brazenly, we don't really care. No one cares about the Uyghurs. No one cares about the slave labor in China. The people are being treated like slaves in China. Human commodities. No one cares on the left. They used to say they cared. Now they don't even hide it. The jig is up. We know the truth. But the numbers don't lie. And it's the reason why you just heard Guffeld become number one in the evening talk shows and the number one show on Fox News. Because even Fox News has kind of gone the way of globalists and the centrists. You know, but they're still a lot better than MSNBC and CNN. And Newsmax, they fired Emerald Robinson because she had an alternative view about COVID and they fired her But I can't believe it. Emerald Robinson was great. She was a White House correspondent for Newsmax. She was had some of the best tweets and they practically ruined her life. Newsmax did this. This is why you got to be careful about what you fall in love with and think you know, when you're told, just because you're told that someone is a, you know, the answer to a conservative voice doesn't mean it's true. And in Newsmax's case, it certainly was not. Or they never would have done that there, Emerald Robinson, simply because she had a different view on COVID. I think it's insane. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about, you know, some of our syndications like WFYL and Red State Talk Radio and the Scott Adams Show, we're fearless. You know, at, at Red State Talk Radio and the Scott Adams Show, we own our own network. We, we own the whole thing. So, I mean, we're good. You know, we get censored on uh, social media, but we don't censor our show hosts at all, ever. And, uh, and even if I disagree with them, you know, there's a lot of show hosts say things I don't agree with, but I'm the one that puts them on our, our network because I like freedom of speech and I may not agree with everything they say, but I definitely agree with free speech and I love alternative viewpoints and we supply that. We put that out there. So kudos to Red State Talk Radio, the Scott Adams Show for that. You know, I don't think we get enough credit, really, because people don't even know, you know, what what's going on behind the scenes. But we get a lot of heat and a lot of pressure. Uh, but we don't uh, we don't bow to no, no one. And I think that's why our numbers are the best they've ever been. People feel it. They know authenticity when they hear it. They know authenticity when they hear it. But we have a lot of big fights because they're trying to kill us. Now, I've been talking about this Dana White thing over the weekend. 
he was given a press conference at the end of UFC's fight on Saturday night. And um, he was talking about Joe Rogan. And he was talking about... Now, there was a lot of cursing. There was a lot of cursing. uh, And I couldn't play the clip, but I wanted to play the clip. But I didn't have the time to beep out all the cursing. Well, this, this YouTube, DC Shorts... The DC, yeah, the DC Shorts, Daily Caller, uh, put this out. Now, I did listen to it. The beeps don't seem to match up perfectly. Um, But please, it's worth a listen. And if you hear something that you can make out, you know, try to get over it. Because um, this is actually a very good uh, segue into the next thing we want to talk about. So this is Dana White, head of UFC saying he's never seen it before in his life how they could be uh you know um rational rationing these therapeutic treatments that save people's lives so let's take a listen i was wondering what your thoughts were with the 200 plus doctors trying to put pressure on spotify saying that joe's uh menace to are they really yeah you know i think at the very minimum it would be warning signs and banners that would be issued on particular episodes or on shows in particular that were kind of uh repeated offenders of that uh you know of that infringement on that policy it would be directing people to credible sources like the cdc or who um on vaccine related information well how about this ever since i came out and said what i did it's almost impossible now to get monoclonal antibodies. They're like, they're, 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 they're making it so you can't get them. You know, medicine that absolutely works, they're keeping from us. I got COVID. So we immediately. So this is Joe Rogan right now. And, uh, and again, there was a CNN clip in there. And then there was uh, Dana White. And then there's Joe Rogan right here through the kitchen sink out of all kinds of meds monoclonal antibodies uh ivermectin z-pack one of those drugs he mentioned ivermectin is something more often used to deworm horses but when you have all so that was cnn right lying through their teeth and joe rogan had gupta on and said why do they call it dewormer horse dewormer and when it's not because a doctor prescribed it to him right and they were like, well, we don't know. We don't know why they lied. That's the... So a- Anderson Cooper there just lied to the American people. Again, let's take a listen. I want to take a listen to that one more time. They're keeping from us. I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it. All kinds of meds. Monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, z One of those drugs he mentioned, ivermectin, is something more often used to deworm horses. When you have a horse deworming medication that's discouraged by the government, that actually causes some people in this crazed environment we're in to actually want to try it. Ivermectin and and monoclonal antibodies have been around for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you you can't dig them up to save your life. The doctors won't give them to you, you know. And even when I did it, when I did it here in Vegas, which was however many weeks ago that I had it, like right before Christmas, I think, or something, yeah, I made one phone call and was able to get to get it done. And that's not like some fucking rich, famous guy shit. Like anybody could have could have called and everybody could have got it back then. Um, you know, Lene had it. Lene did monoclonal antibodies and did, did all that stuff. Everybody could get it now. 
And, you know, Rogan's been talking about it. Then I went crazy talking about it. You can't get those things to save your life now, literally. Are you, are you surprised at the backlash that people don't even want to allow you to discuss options and pretreatment? It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's one of the craziest things that I've ever witnessed in my life, you know? And you're, we're, we're talk, I'm not talking about um, experimental drugs or things that you This stuff's been around. I mean, the guy, the ivermectin, the guy, a doctor? Won, the guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. You're a doctor? Huh? You're a doctor? No, but there's plenty hey, of doctors there you go. that do. Uh, Here he comes. <laughs> I just asked a question. Are you a doctor? No, but I, but, I, but I took them and they both work for me, so why shouldn't I be able to take them again? Or other people? I won't answer. I no, no, come on. Dive in. We, we do have a well, brain Why shouldn't to we be able to take them? Right? You, See, you want to know what's scary? Liberal doesn't want to debate. I could get some fucking pain pills quicker than I could get monoclonal antibodies. No, not maybe. That's a fact. So pain pills will kill you, you know? I know that <laughs> they put me on a lot of pain pills for all the treatments that I was going through, right? And I'm still on a morphine, uh, morphine uh, thing that they give me uh, that I have a prescription for. But I cut the thing in half, and I take, a th- I take a 25% of what they told me to take on morphine. I take, uh, it's a pill, right? And they gave me Dilaudid to take home with me too. And um, I don't take, I still have half a bottle of the Dilaudid. I took very few of those. And um, because I know how dangerous they are, uh, they, could, they could kill you. They're highly addictive. And, uh, and so I, I take as little as possible. But I'm in pain every day with my spine and, my uh, situation. I'm wearing a brace right now. And, uh, you know, at noon today, I'll take a half of a, you know, basically I'm supposed to take two whole pills, one in the morning, one in the evening. And I'm going to take half of one at noon. And that's it. So 25% of what they've told me to take. Because eventually, you know, I don't want to have any problems with the addiction and the withdrawals and all the things that are associated with these pain pills. But they help. You know, they help make your day better. But I know that they're bad. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, something I, t- and I only tell that I'm not bragging or I'm not putting my tap myself on the back here. What I'm saying is, in case there are people out there listening that, are dealing with these types of pain issues, you know, you gotta you gotta take this stuff kind of seriously, and uh, that that's my public service announcement for that. All right, so we want to listen again to uh, something we played once earlier in the week, and again, um, well, we're gonna go ahead and take a uh, caller. This caller usually calls in late, um, but. They're calling in early. Call uh, John. This is John from Chicagoland. Yes, Scott. How are you this morning? Pretty good. You're in the medical field, aren't you? Correct. I'm yeah. a physician. Yeah. Uh, and I will tell you exactly what you said is right. I mean, when you talk about the pain pills, when I I remember years ago, you know, what around the uh, gosh, around I guess around 2000, somewhere in the late 90s to about uh, 2005, 2010. 
they're emphasizing pain as the fifth vital sign. You know, your temperature, heart rate, all that stuff, you know, sort of thing, your respiratory rate. They said, well, you know, pain is another vital sign. We have to treat the pain. It's got to be below, you know, whatever. So they came up with different numbers, 3 out of 10, 4 out of 10. And that's when the Norcos, you know, the, the OxyContin and all that was coming out of the market. And I guess back then I wasn't there, you know, at the beginning. They ended up uh, pushing these pain pills, and that was a medical society recommendation. There was a lot of respected medical societies pushing this. Turned out to be completely wrong. They were t- saying, "Oh no, there's not the addiction potential with it," and of course there was. It became a horrible problem. Even states like Utah, where they don't drink as much, but it was perceived as not so bad because it wouldn't be, say, anti-Mormon to use um, opioids. But you know, instead of alcohol, use opioids. But they had a big opioid problem from that. We still have a big opioid problem. And how many people have died from that? And that was something. The medical groups, a lot of medical society groups, pushed. So you know that that how how right were they then? Right. We have another caller, John. Um, I want to see if they're going to be talking about. Uh, sure. Let, let's just see what happens here. Um, so we have another caller. Uh, maybe his name's Peter. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you're on the air. Oh uh, no, it's Donna. Donna. Okay. That, All right. Yeah, so, from Donna from uh, from California. Okay, and we also uh, have John Preston. And we also have John on the line as well. So, did you have something you wanted to talk about with COVID? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be going down to a school that, that's cutting uh, in West Los Angeles that's not allowing uh, unvaxxed kids to go to school. So, I'm going to protest that today, and I I'm going to be praying for you. I'm sorry you're still in pain. And I that Paul Preston is having a convention next week. Oh, yeah. We just aired a live event uh, the other night uh, for him on uh, Red State right. Talk Radio. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, all about the other states. So okay. I'll let you go to John. Okay. And uh, thank you for your great show. All right. Thank you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Okay, John. Uh do we lose John? <laughs> That's not what I wanted uh, to to lose John. Um, we were in the middle of a conversation there. Um, maybe he'll call back. But uh, I will tell you that um, yeah, this phone system we have is not what we used to have. But the guy who uh, ran the phone system that we used to have well, was. Uh, He's no longer in business or something like that. But uh, in any case, here we go. John, sorry about that. Hi, Scott. Yeah, you're on the air. Yeah, great. So I just wanted to add on the COVID part. You know, she mentioned the children. And good for her for going down there and protesting the vaccinations. Because, you know, typically we wait. It's usually a minimum of things like five years or ten years for things like vaccines. Because you need a longitudinal study to really understand what the longer-term effects of. Remember the uh, the morning sickness drug thalidomide in the 50s. It took several years to figure out what was going on, and that was the drug that caused babies to be born without limbs. And so there was a rash of babies that were born that way. I think it was more in Europe than here. And uh, I remember seeing a 60-minute story once where the lady was born without basically without legs. So you know she had to work like that. This was a horrible thing, but it was something that wasn't figured out right away. 
you wait and you see what are long-term effects, whether it be on you know, women themselves, on their children, on young people, whatever, whatever it is, on adults. So you, you try to restrict who you're giving this to on what we had before under Trump, right? An emergency use, basically a, a right to try type situation where purely your option, and it's usually the end of your rope kind of drug, right? Like a cancer drug. You say, what the heck? What do I have to lose? I'm going to die anyway. But this is not that situation. That's what's so, so wrong about this. Right. And when you talk about the fact that you can't speak about it, you know, we talked about this a week or two ago, but it, free speech is a spirit. There's a, a spirit of free speech. We've all met people who are really open to talking about ideas, who are thoughtful, who want to hear you and don't blow off, you know, blow their top because they, they disagree with you on an issue. You see how it facilitates discussion. It fosters discussion, a really a cerebral discussion. And you have others who they're cutting you off constantly. They don't seem to understand your point or even try to understand your point. Maybe they're dumb, whatever it is. There's just not that same spirit of speech. And I think we can have a free speech uh, amendment, right, the First Amendment. We can have all our amendments. But if we're bound and determined to ignore it, and if our court is bound and determined to ignore it, and our, our administration is bound and determined to ignore it, it's not worth that much. And if you look at these private, these, uh, these uh, Internet organizations, as well as the major media, they're just bound and determined to ignore it. They really do not have that free speech spirit. That's the problem. That's what's a larger issue and, and even more scary. So I think that, that's a bigger issue and why we have to go to alternative media. We've talked about this, avoiding the YouTube if you can. There's Odyssey. There's Rumble. And begin to establish these alternative channels. That will straighten them up quick. And then you mentioned the other part about Dana White, and I just want to just, the last thing about this. My understanding is the EUA can't go through, the emergency use authorization for a vaccine, for example, cannot go through if there is uh, an, a viable alternative treatment. And therefore, you have to bash things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and not even leave them open for discussion. So they don't even see the light of day. It may be that they're helpful. It may not be that they're helpful, but you have to leave it open to discussion. And he won't even admit the possibility of there being alternative treatment. Because if they do, it undermines the justification for the EUA. And that may, under, may explain a lot. Well, what's, what concerns me too, John, is that, you know, with all the uh, rapid home tests that you can get now for free, right? Uh, and they're not free. Somebody's profiting big time. Probably Hunter exactly. Biden is probably profiting from this. Um, but the uh, the other aspect of this is that okay, now that's going to empower the people to get their get tested, and we're going to get tested. And then you know, according to Joe Rogan and uh, Dana White, and I agree with them a hundred percent. I think that you know before you're symptomatic. If you test positive, go out and get your ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies and get ahead of the curve. And they say that that's really, rather than wait until you're sicker, uh, that's not necessarily, that's the government's approach. But I I think that being proactive about it, you know, pounding the the crap out of uh, zinc and uh, vitamin D, and all this stuff, right. if you're uh, you, if, even before you're symptomatic, you test positive, you test positive again, you've definitely got it. Uh, that's the time when you want to start. You call up the doctor. Now, here's the problem. You call up the doctor, and next thing you know, the doctor says, I'm not going to prescribe that to you. 
Now, what we well, are forced as a country, yeah. as a people, we're going to have to shop around for conservative doctors who right. basically will give us what we want. And it's going to pit, you know, basically if you have a liberal agenda doctor, they're not going to give it to you. And that's a real yeah, problem I mean, for might, medicine. I, I think there's AmericanFrontlineDoctors.org, I've heard. Is, you can get it through there. I, and there's other places, too. You know, look up, you know, Zelenko and see what some of these guys, Dr. Zelenko, what, where they recommend we go. Um, because I think there are there are other, um, there are ways, you, got, you really got to go out of your way. And it's difficult. And then the pharmacy might not fill it. And, you know, as far as the vitamin D, I take 6,000 IU of vitamin D a day, zinc, vitamin C, quercetin. I'm taking, you know, turmeric. I eat plenty of red grapes with resveratrol. As a normal dietary thing, I'm getting my five fruits and vegetables. I haven't been sick at all since this whole thing started. I've been around plenty of people who have gotten vaccinated and been sick, and I've been fine the whole time. I mean, again, you know, I'm healthier. But my point is that, you know, we freak out about the vaccine. So much of this is due to other factors. You read about the fact that uh, I think Fauci admitted, or maybe a CDC Four director admitted that yeah. 70, 75% of those who died had four or more coexisting conditions. Mm-hmm. Okay, pre-existing conditions. I mean, and, and you know, hypertension, a lot of people have hypertension. A lot of people are a little bit overweight. But you start to add up multiple conditions, you see that's the issue. So much of it is prevention. It's not the medical establishment. But make no doubt, the medical establishment has been co-opted by this political movement. And it's sad. But so many of these people wouldn't know that. Wouldn't know science and it bit them on the ass. And they're talking about the science. I mean, come on. Yeah. Hey, well, John, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again real soon. Have a great day. Thanks. All right. Take care. Yeah, you know, John's a doctor, and uh, I think he knows what he's talking about there. He's got his facts straight. And, um, you know, 6,000 IU, I wrote that down, vitamin D. But, yeah, you definitely just a healthy diet. Um, but that that four comorbidities why why wouldn't they have told us that in the beginning right why wouldn't they have told us that a while ago that's a big factor and four four comorbidities 75% of the death is associated with that and you know it's a, they're up to no good you know that's the thing it's all this lying and deception and you know real world experiences hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, and the things that seem to work the best are being rationed. They want this COVID to be a political football for a lot of different reasons that we've talked about this week. And we'll talk about some more. But with that, that brings us to the end of the show today. Uh, You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com. Check us out on Getter, Scott Adams Show, at Scott Adams Show, at Red State Talk. Check us out on Getter. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.